0: Hello, wireless Popcaster Hello, wireless Popcaster Hello,
1: wireless podcaster This is Nigel here again.
0: Hello, wireless Popcaster Hello, wireless Popcaster Hello, wireless
1: podcaster This Nigel here again. Hello, wireless podcasters. I hope you're having a very pleasant evening, uh, drinking your favourite alcoholic beverages. Um, just wondered how Christian was getting on with his point. Uh, point. Just wondered if any of you guys actually. Um, point. Oh, I will be expecting an, uh, an appearance fee. Um, remote support options. Uh, I've been looking at... Um, and, Ryan begging, begging, and Ryan was begging, and begging, and Ryan was begging. Just wondering if any of you guys actually um, used any... Point. Anyway, hope you're all enjoying your beers. I'll speak to you again soon. Bye.
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: guess we're liking the new intro music then.
2: <laughs> thanks to uh, th- thanks to Nigel for recording that new intro. That was. Give
4: uh, you. Of you? <laughs> Gangster um, of Birmingham. How can I can't even speak. Oh. <laughs> Birmingham. I'm crying already.
2: I'm really, what I really liked was the beatboxing. <laughs> <laughs> that was <is, laughs> my favourite. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Oh, it's good. Oh, well. You're right, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh,
3: just, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just reacting to that intro music from Nigel
2: <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's left me speechless. It's another level. It's another level. <laughs> I wonder if he's going to do Why? a remix. <laughs> uh, right, let's get started. Let's get started. That was good. That was, I'm just wiping away the tears from my eyes. Okay. Uh, Kieran, what are you drinking?
4: Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Uh, my name's Christian, and I'm drinking. <laughs> I'm drinking. I think it's crack and, and coke today, but we we're spicing it up a bit by adding a little bit of Cointreau, and it, it it makes sort of like a chocolate orange taste to it. So fancy. Basically, I'm getting fat and drunk. I love
2: the fact that you you are now relegated to a plastic cup.
4: Yeah, I, I can't trust it <laughs> with a with a glass. But my, my wife has just been in and and kind of given me the drug.
2: Ah, uh, the drug's back.
4: Yeah, it doesn't nice. think because it's. Uh, Oh, yeah. the good thing about the plastic cup is it's bigger nice you, usually they give you plastic glasses and stuff uh,
3: plastic glasses
2: what did I just say <laughs> just edit this
3: bit out yeah uh,
4: you're an embarrassment
3: <laughs> normally give you plastic um, vessels <laughs> is there, there's, in places where there's you know, an obscene amount of violence so is there quite a bit of violence in your, <laughs> in your house torches
2: <laughs> yeah. are kicking off
0: I wonder why you are wearing a vest <laughs> are you drinking Stella? Yeah, Ryan, what are
4: you drinking? <laughs> <Funny enough. laughs>
0: Stella. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Sexy.
2: You were struggling to get I that know. open, I noticed earlier.
0: I was, yes. Uh, I've got a bit of a stupid fucking bottle opener. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't <laughs>
2: Is it even a bottle opener, or have you, have you just so it's made it? it, 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 it is. is like a key
0: fob. <laughs> like a key fob. Lift the tail it, up. It is, but then, like, I'm showing you, I know you, I know, people can't see, but like, you fit it all, and you use a fat like, <laughs> like That is not off, a bottle, a like, bottle opener. That. It is. There, yeah. yeah, look at that.
2: You've got it's the wrong breed. <laughs> you need to get a Jack Russell.
0: No, because <laughs> it's a bumpy
2: bottle. Alan, what are you on? Oh, mate, I've
3: got some wicked tipples, right? I've got one just for you, Ryan, but this, let me introduce you to the first one. <laughs> this is awesome. See what it's called? Do you recognise it? No. no it's, called, it's called a Juice Forsyth. <laughs> 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 After the legendary Bruce Forsyth. And uh, it's a Juicy Bonus Fruited IPA. It tastes absolutely rank, by the way. Too sweet for me, but I just saw it on the shelf and I figured... I'd have to get it. So uh, in, in homage to, um, you know, the
0: great man. Next week, you'll be we turning up with Michael Barrymore beer. I'd <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Be, be swimming about in a swimming <laughs> pool.
0: <bill. yeah. laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with
4: Alan. Last time I saw Bruce on TV, I didn't think I would drink you. And you've got... <laughs> 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 I've come last week. Tall drink of water. <laughs> you know. I know. It's better it's than just... butcom. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: uh, I hope not. Do you prefer
0: Budcom over Bruce Forsyth? Uh, Or a bit bit there. Fusion drink.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Nice to see you.
2: To see you. (laughs) Nice. Nice.
3: And I got an amazing beer. I get them from there. I get them. People send them to me from all over the world. Look at this one, Ryan. You Christian, Kieran, look at this one.
4: Christian, it's great up north, it is, but if you go too far, you end up in Newcastle, and that is a proper, proper dive.
0: <laughs> There's the man that constantly lives underwater and in caravans in Yorkshire. The, so,
4: the problem with this Kieran joke is that um, last week's or the week before, whenever we did the lock-in, it hasn't been released yet, so nobody else gets a joke. You just not him it the wrong day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> one understands where the jokes yeah. come from. Unless they were in the lock-in.
4: <laughs> so, basically, a few weeks ago, Dan was drinking straight malt whiskey, was it? Yeah. Yeah, With and he, he he couldn't string a sentence together and for one brief second he called me Kieran, and now that's stuck.
3: <laughs> that's your name, Kieran. Oh, Kieran. The this suits
2: you, I think, Kieran.
0: Uh, I think you look like a Keith.
2: Fuck off, <laughs> Rowan. <Ralph. laughs> <laughs> 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 They're definitely a Keith. What, what are you
3: drinking, Danny? Keith Lad.
0: <laughs> I've got
3: I've got a Doom Bar. Oh, very nice. And I was on that last love week.
2: It. I really love Doom Bar.
3: You're not on the whiskey then?
2: No, I, I need to give myself a bit of a break. I think <laughs> I, I did not feel well the next day.
3: I oh, don't blame you. Still, <laughs> pub blocking was um, was pretty. Pretty busy, wasn't it? I mean, it was good. Everyone turned up, which was good, and uh, we carried on for four hours.
2: It was longer than four hours, wasn't it? In the end,
4: was it? Oh, I think it was. I think the time zones changed halfway through, didn't I? I think we ended. <laughs> some the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I'm pretty sure Chris Reed joined four hours in, and we sticked around for a while we after that because Jim Palmer, Jim though, joined we? as
4: well, didn't we? Jim Palmer and. Uh, hmm? Rennie and uh, Gorman, Steve uh, Stuart Gorman's. Yeah, yeah.
0: we were, we were yeah, international. Yeah. It was, it
4: was,
3: spot on. and and, um, and we also had some invited guests that we weren't <laughs> expecting as well. We, we still managed to get zone bomb, zone bomb, zoom bombed again.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, he's still good at that. Mister Morgan turned up as well, didn't he? He did. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? You know. The, the, the Welsh wizard. He did. Yeah. Who's... It
2: was funny because after like half the people left, then we started talking about Wi Fi. (laughs) In fact, fact, I think it was when Ryan left. To (laughs) be
0: fair, it was just as well because
4: I was never going to contribute. The main problem is I don't remember talking about Wi Fi. (laughs) 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 No no idea what happened. I woke up (laughs) the next day. Oh, that a successful uh, (laughs) podcast? Yeah. Never mind.
2: Next time we have one on, you're more than welcome to join us, everyone.
4: It was good and, fun. Dan, I, I walked past the pub earlier and I heard the phone ringing. Have we got any voicemails? Oh, I
2: think we've got quite a few, actually. Uh, yeah, let me play this one. First unheard message.
4: Hi, it's James Whitehead here.
2: I was wondering what the thoughts are in the pub regarding home labs. Do you all have one? Do you run the lab on the home live network or do you have a separate lab network. I was wondering what you guys thought were the pros and cons of both. And anyway, yeah, love to hear what you guys think.
4: Cheers. Jim. Cheers, uh,
2: James.
4: Can I can I jump James in with this one? Because I've got a bit of a, an evolution of home networks to to sort of talk through and then you guys can jump in. So
2: I mean I think uh, I think you already have, so crack on.
4: When I first uh, started in networking I, I had a, a I made a home lab in the garage out of some old kit from work, and I basically used two IKEA lac tables, um, and the, between the legs, 19 inch, so you can pretty much mount anything you want. And I had a, a couple of Cisco switches, a Cisco router. I didn't have any wireless stuff back then, so we're just looking at switches, and that was my home network slash lab for a while. So my internet connection ran through there, and eventually, I got fed up and got rid of it because um, I switched to one of the ISPs in the UK, BT. And um, they had a product called UView, and which used uh, multicast IGMP, all that kind of rubbish, and I could not get it working whatsoever. So I gave up on it. And after that, I cut with just a, you know a normal broadband router for quite a while. Um, probably in the past year I've uh, bought myself a cabinet. I've got a Cisco um, switch wireless line controller running virtually on a server. Um, the, the Cisco network is the production network. So uh, the the big problem with that is obviously the wife um gets upset and the kids get upset any I make a change or any it it doesn't work. But well, I've got about four access points running. Uh, alongside that, I've also got an Aruba lab and um, with an Aruba sound controller and uh, access point. And they're not the production network. They're my test networks. Just play out. Um, but I've, I've got a Fujitsu server, which I run quite a few virtual machines on. So I've got PyHole, I've got Untangle as a firewall slash router. And uh, I, I, I absolutely love tinkering with it. Brilliant. But it is my production network, unfortunately, which doesn't help with making changes or playing with things. Nice. You like playing with things, don't you? I love playing with myself, uh, playing with my <laughs> <own> lab. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, what, are you, what are you running at home then?
4: No.
0: I fucking knew you were going to
4: say that! Bit set up on the floor, olive oil. <laughs> yeah,
3: What I do have is I have predominant, predominantly Cisco equipment so I've got a Cisco switch, two 2504 controllers and an array, an assortment of um, many Cisco APs, lightweight, autonomous mode, whatever. So for me um that's my kind of lab environment and i've had that for years and because i'm predominantly working in cisco that's the hardware of choice if i were to work in other vendors then i would probably use you know aruba equipment and so on uh juniper stuff and get familiar with the you know the the, the syntax and the configs and and whatnot but
4: alan don't you think it'd be useful so so i'm the same I work with Cisco, so that's why I have Cisco at home, but at one point I thought maybe it's worth starting to have a look at how other vendors use, well, how other vendors operate, um, so that's that's why I started looking at the Aruba stuff, and um, I, I just think there's value in learning how, you know, the other side does it, and learning how wireless works with other vendors. Have you not considered going down that route? No. <laughs> we work with bridges and
0: you know so how how do you do a lab at home do you bring a bit a big fucking crane and a big ship outside and that
4: <laughs> well yeah the, uh,
3: yeah because yeah, my, my office is next to a harbor so I, what we do is we mimic a ship coming in and a crane takes off the container and it puts it on the the back of back of a lorry and the lorry drives around to practice, you know so i can lab up my roaming algorithms you talk some crap so <laughs> the point point I was gonna sort of like counter with Kieran. I don't. I'm one of I'm one of these people that um, I don't. I never see the point in utilising something that I don't see myself moving into just yet. Now, it would probably be a, a massive career change for me, a market decision where there's just no Cisco jobs out there. Maybe the only jobs out there are Aruba Mist or whatever. And that's probably when, but for the moment, because I'm so deep in Cisco at the minute, that is, you know, maybe I'm doing myself, you know, an in, in injustice here by not being so versatile. But for me, there's so much even to learn with the Cisco products and, and it kind of engulfs my, my workload that I just don't have time with everything else that I do to kind of start learning something new. And it might be a case of the fact of my age that it scares me a little bit to try something new where I, I can't remember stuff. Well yeah, I mean that's right. I mean a amount of times I have to kind of my learning method is I have to read a book sixty million times because my sixty-four K of RAM in my <laughs> head it just doesn't just doesn't absorb all this information like a sponge like most people do, so I have to keep reading it and reading it and reading okay. it and it just does my head. I've moved
4: I've
3: moved into uh SDD. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <STD>. <laughs> oh, boy, S- S- <laughs> ssd um
3: Owls. yeah that is what
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god bruce what have you done to me <laughs> <laughs> so Alice, do you do you think that's because so because you're so used to cisco and how cisco works so something like mist right it doesn't have the same learning curve as cisco so yeah like would you not be interested? Just to, and like I guess this is the point of the question: is like, what you use for work, is different from yeah. what you might so, use at home, or what you might use in your in your own lab, or you know just to play with.
4: Too busy squashing bugs. <laughs> <laughs> that, that went down like a <laughs> <literally. laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> Cisco, Cisco scroll, Cisco is crawling with bugs, isn't it? Every time uh, oh, you try to learn a new version of codes, uh, a new oh,
3: bug. To sorry, That's sorry, else. <laughs> sorry, Lee Badman. I didn't realize you were also in this podcast with us. <laughs> yeah. He loves his bugs, but, um, yeah, so <laughs> the, 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 there are many problems with, with the Cisco kit, but getting back on to the guest, the lab aspect for me, there's a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm familiar with Cisco config, uh, you know, I know how it works. So if I want to get something tested relatively quickly, I can kind of just get it set up and done and dusted there and then so I can concentrate on, you know, whatever I need to concentrate. So if I need to set up some sort of Roman algorithms or configure whatever it is and and test that, I don't have to kind of, I guess, ask questions or um, I guess read a white paper or a config guide or whatever it is to try and remember how I do it with Aruba or even with Mist. And I appreciate that's the best way to kind of learn and do it. But for me, my motivation and desire isn't there yet to move into a different vendor specifically. And that's just purely because of my own you know my own selfish reasons, and it's not the fact that I don't. I don't see the benefit for me just yet to move into a different vendor to learn that stuff. I'm 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 open to learn, but at the moment my driving factor is you know what pays my bills right now mm-hmm. is Cisco, and so my 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 main focus is going to be on Cisco, and there's so much more to to learn from Cisco, and for me that's
2: and you and your customer isn't going to move away from Cisco, so.
3: Well, if they do, then they're going to leave me behind. Then clearly, aren't they? So, but the point is, I'll move with them. But for now, my immediate focus is. So that's what my lab kit consists of, because it 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 means it's relevant. You know, I I've got Aruba APs that I've collected over the years from attending conferences, and they're in the they're just collecting dust. Um, so I've got no desire and need to enable an Aruba. And if for me, they do the same thing. All APs do the same thing. It's It's just the firmware and the software that you know, allows you to do them differently Mm -hmm. because it's very specific. So for me, you know, an AP is an AP. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is what it is. Okay. But labs are good. Labs are good. Labs are brilliant. They're the best way to learn. And it's not just about the hardware. There's all sorts of other tools as well you can use, you know, you can use trial software, you can use packet analyzers that are free. Or as I say, you can get a 7, 10, 14-day trial or whatever it is, and you can load them up on your machine and just basically get used mm-hmm. to them. I mean, you can even use your home Wi-Fi. So here's a good question. A lot of people would say that you should really have lab equipment, like enterprise-grade stuff to to, to some degree. I don't always agree with that. I always think sometimes if you just want to start for the basics, even your your home Wi-Fi is enough. You know, Even the, the shitty Netgear router is, is enough to kind of give you the basic understandings of what an SSID is, how to configure it, channels, um, power, and then use a you know, a Wi-Fi um, analyzer or even Wi-Fi Explorer or um, uh, what's it? What's the Wireshark, all those type of free tools you can actually start to use to try and just capture yeah. packets and go down that route if you want to do that type of deep dive just for a kind of basic kickstart. Now, it's, it's, it's ideal if you want to get into Wi-Fi and that's an easy way to learn. And it's a very, very cheap mm-hmm. way to learn. But I do recommend anybody that wants to take Wi-Fi seriously for a career that you definitely go out and actually invest in, you know, the, the real enterprise infrastructure because it will give you... What I, what I would attest to, and let's see if you guys agree with me here or not, is that lab equipment gives you what I would say exposure, i.e. it gives you the ability to configure something and see how it kind of works. But it doesn't give you the real experience that comes with the real world. You know, you may do something in a lab environment, and it's your lab environment, It's it's going to work, mm. right? And if it doesn't, you break it, fix it, and you continue in. But it doesn't give you the experience that you need when dealing with customers and, and dealing with so many moving parts in a real Wi-Fi network, for me you know you can take everything you've learned from a lab and you'll only get you so far in the real world so for me the experience is 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 literally taking what you've learned and doing it for for real in the job but lab just gets you the exposure it doesn't give you real and this is just my opinion it doesn't give you real world ex- experience to really think that just because you did it in the lab means that you can actually take it into the real world I think there's a there's a balance there that yeah, that, gotta- that's
4: that's quite interesting because the whole reason I started out with a lab at home was so, so my job doesn't involve in any hands-on, any physical stuff. I don't patch things, I don't plug stuff in. So the, the main reason I got a lab wasn't to learn the, you know, the, how the operating system worked and how to configure things. It was, you know, how do you put things into cabinets? How do you plug them in? What happens? It was to get the hands-on experience. So for me, I think, sort of to counter your point, that the lab has helped me deal with customers and learn how to interact with customers because I've taken the other view and how to plug stuff in rather than just sat behind a computer configuring stuff. But no, I, I, but that's, I do agree. But that's because,
2: that's because your home lab effectively is a production network, well, isn't it? I think, I think what I was saying is that if you've got a separate lab, it's great for learning. You know, it might not necessarily be a production setting, yeah. do you know what I mean? Whereas yours is a production, but it's production for your house.
4: Yeah, but uh, I guess the difference is the reason behind me getting a lab to start off with was to learn the physical bits that were sort of devolved from my job. But the the reason I use it as my production home network is because I see a lot of value in traffic passing over the mm-hmm. lab. If it's just sat there doing nothing, you can configure it and you can go, "Whoa, that works!" But you know, I've I've dealt with loads of bugs, loads of issues at home because we're passing stuff all the time. It's 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 coping with traffic. It's coping with a lot of Netflix and yeah. You know, as soon as there's an issue, I find out, I sit down and mm-hmm. I fix it. And that, that helps. It's not it's not really a lab, it's a production network. Yeah. Um, I've got change windows. As soon as my wife goes out, I can do stuff. <laughs> um, got to go through a change approval boards. How big is um, your Wi-Fi lab? <laughs>
0: um,
4: <laughs> so I've got four access points. I've put uh, one outside recently uh, to cover the back garden. Um, it's, Depends what you mean by big. I've got a forty-eight part switch plugged into a virtual mach- uh, a server running virtual machines. It's not, it's not well. How big does it need to be? You know, a lot of people would argue to say that you know mine
3: isn't big enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, careful <laughs> what I say there. But they would argue and say, it's, well, it's you not- need you need way more than that. But I'm like thinking, well, actually, it depends realistically what you need to get out of your home lab. If it's to, you know, do advanced configuration types and, and everything else, then fine. Maybe you do need to make a huge investment. But if you're just just beginning to learn and you have enough to get by with, then that for me is, you know, and I think it's a personal opinion, in you know, on honesty, what what your lab consists of. And, and I think no one should really be swayed by, you know, my dick is bigger than your dick kind of a scenario, because that's what it sometimes amounts to in, you know, community, sometimes a bit of bravado. It's like, you know, so what if you have a dedicated garage with, with racks full of equipment? That to me is a different level of kind of nerdism. You know? Yeah. And it, um, it's,
4: it's It's not the size, it's what you do with it. <laughs> you know what
3: I mean? well, that's what my wife knows clearly yeah
4: <laughs> but no, no, your lab doesn't have to be huge i mean if if obviously if you want to test wireless and you want to test a vendor, you need an access point and then you need their controller whether that's virtual physical or whatever i mean I, I know a lot of people run their labs pretty much on you know their nux devices or if you use Ubiquiti, you can use a raspberry pi as a controller you don't need, you don't need it big you just need to it to the function mm
3: but do you know what else do you know what else everyone overlooks with the home lab is the home lab just gives you access to the vendor specific configuration that's all you're doing is you're just a configurator you're not actually doing anything yeah. wi-Fi specific or rf specific because you just don't have the space there's no way you can get real valuable stats from I guess walking from your house into the street while still connected you know or walk around in a in a, in a path in a certain particular way because it's all about client behaviors and you're not really going to get that when it's just you connected with a handful of your own other clients, like your iPhone, yeah. your iPads, or whatever it is that you have, you don't really get those real world statistics as you would with lots of contention with other APs. Depending on where you live, of course, if you're a multi-tenant, you know, housing or whatever it is, then you're gonna, you probably will get all that. But again, you're not dealing with, you know, unique configurations and 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 everything's going to be pretty much, you know, forty gig, two point four. You're not dealing with five gig DFS stuff and and all the advanced configurations that, that kind of, you know, you have to know and understand. There's RF related, that kind of stuff, which is where packet analysis comes in and it really helps you because then if you can understand frame layouts and how to analyze and decode, then you can take that with you into the real world, but you'll never get those real world statistics because you've just got, I guess, one AP and a handful of clients. So you're never going to mimic client experience. You're just good. Your home lab is going to give you that ability to be one step, one step ahead of the game and allow you to configure you know, the infrastructure that you're working on on a daily basis. You know the configs and it's speed yeah. game. That's why I think we overlook the home lab with Wi-Fi because you just cannot mimic the yeah. RF.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree.
0: What do you think, Ryan? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> you wait. <laughs> no, um, I, I agree about the RF. I mean, I use my lab for different reasons. Um, and what's what's it look like, though, Ryan? What's it got- look like? It's mostly virtual. I'm going to be honest. Us. Show us your lab, Ryan. <laughs>
3: wouldn't you like to say, so it's not real is that what you're telling me your lab is yeah, not real of, give us a lab
4: dance
0: most of it is virtual to be honest <laughs> although i am multi-vendor so i have meraki um lab set up from when i attended the um the cmna course so i've got a switch uh firewall mx64 which is actually my production firewall so that one sits in the living room next to the, uh, the Virgin Media router. Um, and then everything else traverses that. That's so that's my uh, layer three routing point at the moment. Um, it used to be a Cisco 800 router prior to that. Um, <clears throat> I've got the MR33 and I've also got an MR18 access point here for the Meraki stuff. Uh, I've got Cisco, and I've got a 2702, I've got a 1850, 1815W as well. Um, But that runs on virtual uh, controllers. Um, I prefer to virtualize what I can to sort of maximise space and stuff. So uh,
2: you've got like a server hosting VMs as well then?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely not, Christian. I will not trade. <laughs> um, the server I've got is a DL380 um, HP. It is a... Do you have that running all the time? No. Uh, the good thing is I've got oh. ILO patched in. So the one I've got has got a fully oh, okay. uh, licensed ILO. It's brilliant because um, I can manage that just from without having to turn it on and stuff.
4: So I, I had uh, not the same server an older one, um, but the neighbors complained because I didn't run in the garage and said it was too noisy. It sounded like a helicopter.
0: It is noisy. Uh, I mean, so after a while it turned off. It, to be honest, after a couple of minutes, it, I kind of drowned it out anyway. I think I'm used to working in server rooms and things like that. So the noise doesn't particularly bother me. Um, I've also got a missed access point as well. you got
2: got one.
0: Yeah, 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 Mist, um AP 43, I think it is. Um, is that, is, so you, you, is it just on, or are you using it, or...? That is the one that the kids use, and the rest of the family use. So that is sitting in the living room, and that provides Wi-Fi for the whole house.
4: What, like in the middle of the living room on the dining table, or...? I'm going to be oh, honest. On do, do, you wanna, let...
0: do you want to guess where it is? I'm <laughs> going to say behind the TV. Uh... No. Under the sofa. Close, it's under the footstool. <laughs> under
2: the footstool, love it.
0: Mm-hmm. Under the footstool. In the corner of the room, it is terrible RF design, but it works. I have full, perfect coverage throughout the house. I have brilliant coverage.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, Alan, to your point, that's that's, you know, proper attenuation there. I wasn't listening, sorry. <laughs> Ryan keeps his access point under his poo.
0: Oh, no poops in my house, son.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah, that's <laughs> that's a huge attenuator. That is. <laughs> so, so how do you how do you measure how do you measure that then, Ryan? The attenuator on him.
4: <laughs> Probe requests. <laughs> what's
3: his what's his, uh, what's his, what's the gain on his antenna? <laughs>
0: Wait. So, so Ryan, all that all that oh, kit is complied. at your home. Yes, and I also haven't talked about my Aruba stuff yet. Wow, Aruba. Aruba. So I've got, but but that's not all. That's not all running, is it? No, no. I've got it in a cupboard here, and I kind of spin it up ad hoc. So mm. at the moment, um, I have pretty much during the week, I'll have my Cisco WLC running. I'm doing a lot of changes for a customer at the moment so on there I've got ice active directory Uh, I've got a few other bits and bobs running on there Um, and at the moment I'm labbing some ice solutions Um, I'm about to press buy on a Cisco 3560 switch as well so I can test some trust sec and SGT stuff and that's one of the cheaper switches I can get that um, that will support that. But that's what I mainly use it for is I lab a lot of customer stuff. Um, so maybe before I roll out a solution, I might test it beforehand. Uh, it's also great because I do a lot of low level designs, which means that I've got to document everything, all nuts and bolts, exactly what sentence you're going to change what tick box. It's typical. Like sometimes when you've done it a few times, you can just rinse and repeat from another document. But if you're doing something fairly bespoke, you need something to be able to do it. So I, I use the controller to rip off the config so I can go through and is check
2: there, it out. Is, so this is, hands up, someone who's never used Cisco kit before. Is, is there no way to okay. just like export a config? So there you, is. Could you, could you not yeah. lab it up at home? set it all up how you want it, export the config, go
0: to site, import the config, happy days. Yeah, I have done that before. Okay. Yeah, so one of the good things is um, I've got quite a few, because because I'm using a proper layer three device um, to do all of the routing, although it's a really proper layer three device because it's Meraki, but um, when I had the Cisco 800 running, I was running proper layer three segmented networks. So I was able to pretty much lab a full customer environment. One of the good things as well, I've run uh, virtual ASAs on my servers. So one of the ones I wanted, I had a lot lab, was a customer's uh, remote access solution using ICE. Um, So what I did is I set up two virtual ASAs. And I was able to obviously because my servers trunked into the um the firewall, I was able to to tag the VLANs and I had full.
3: Um so your lab, Ryan, sounds like it's a little bit more advanced in terms of the fact that um you know, my lab seems to be pretty primitive in, in that it's focused mainly on, I guess edge devices, let's say, you know, access point controller kind of thing, whereas yours is all virtualized platforms that are management systems and security devices. So you're talking Cisco Ice, you've mentioned. And the fact that you're running a lot of VMs means you can run a lot of these virtualized, you know, management platforms, I guess, any type of vendor um, software, right? That, that means you yeah. get exposure, you can spin them up and you can actually get into the GUI, navigate, get familiar. So VMs, are, I guess, a, a recent Okay. Not, no, they're not recent, but they've been around for a while, but they seem to be a lot cheaper to, to spin up. I mean, you can run a VM on a MacBook quite easily. I run it on mine. Um, you know, you can run Fusion, Parallel Software, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, So in terms of if someone was to come to you to say, I want to go get a home lab, you would point them down the virtual path as yeah. well to run various platforms, uh, or would you still say to them, no, get the physical hardware in your lab at home and spin that up? and do testing and practice to your heart's content. I mean, what is it that you would say to someone if it were like, you know, Christian rocking up and saying, Hey, I need a home lab. Would you recommend? Yeah. What would you the kind of, the first
0: thing I would say is, um, I would say get the server first. So this DL three is by no way, um, new. I think it's a G seven. Um, you can pick those up for about 150 quid without any discs in. Um, but I believe it's an X data center server, so I was lucky in the fact that it's got 256 gig of RAM in. <laughs> I <laughs> won't ever need anywhere near that. <laughs> I mean, it's got, I think it's 24 co- oh, It's you know. two CPUs, 12, 12 cores each, so it's 24 cores. So it's... it's what CPUs it got? It's one of the AMD ones. Um, right, I think okay. that's why it's a bit cheaper. Okay. But for a home lab, I mean, I would never put, I would never spec AMD for a customer solution. But for my home lab, I have no reason why I wouldn't use AMD. But, but I guess, I guess it depends on what, how you're
4: running your home lab. So for me, my my home lab sat, sits in an office through, uh, you know, a quite a thin wall, other side of my bedroom. So the, the server I'm running is a Fujitsu desktop size server. It's got a, a Xeon processor. It's got enough RAM to do what I want, but. If I were to buy a server like that, I'd have to keep it in the garage and I'd have to say sorry. Well, for the mine's all the time.
0: sitting but... directly behind my monitor right now. And to be honest, right? I'm a bit like you. That's why we can't stand yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit like you. I'm a, I'm a proper tight arse when it comes to stuff like that. And for me, Fuck off. I wouldn't pay. For, like, I know we've spoken about it before, and the likes of the ninjas and Andrew and McHale have got these nice, like, super micro, really expensive servers. And I'm like, yeah. For the cost of it, right? A hundred quid. I'll live with the noise. It's doesn't it's not four hundred pounds more worth of noise. And I'll turn it off when I'm not using it rather than leaving it running because it takes twenty seconds to boot. And it's also got ILO, so I can turn it on remotely. It's no great shakes, and I'm really not that bothered by it.
2: So this is where I feel bad for having my, my Mac Pro <laughs> as my like VM server that's-
0: You've me. just got unseen amounts of money if you're using a Mac tool.
4: <laughs> but to be honest with
0: you,
4: the controllers, I think they're they're sensible to virtualize. There's no point having a physical controller unless well, you've got one for cheap. But
0: uh, Yes and no. But
4: I, I, I think there's real value in having a physical switch for you to play you about to, with and configure rather than GNS. No no you can use like GNS for example <sighs> and, and virtualize everything and you know press a button. I did, and I did and I that. With, um, in your hands.
0: Oh God, what the hell is it called? Not GNS, what's the other one called, man? That's no, there's another one. Uh, bollocks, I forgot the name word. It doesn't. Know, right. Um but I prefer physical switches and things. I think you're right. And when you get to WLCs. Um, before the introduction of the Cisco 9800s, virtual controllers were very limitless. Uh, limited sorry, um, in terms of what you could actually do. Everything has to be in Flex Connect, you couldn't do Logo, there was quite a bit. Um, at the moment, I do Flex Connect, but um, I do have some Cisco 5508s coming soon. My Aruba controller is a 7005. So that's a physical one, but that's really nice. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those, but it's powered by PoE. To be honest, I haven't got a lot of customers that are moving to new Catalyst 9800 controllers. I found that, I'm going off a bit on a tangent here, because I'm talking about lab, I'm actually talking about customer solution, but I found that not a lot of them are going for them because they all bought, a couple of years ago, or the majority of them all bought 5520s, and they're all running that and i probably won't see them for another year or two before it comes to customer refresh time Mm, interesting
4: one idea i've been toying with for a while and i haven't done anything about it i've played with different technologies and not found anything but you know in the uk and across the world we're all invested in our own labs right and most of the time they're sat there doing nothing especially like in your case alan where you've got a lab in your office and it does nothing and it just it's just turned on it's running (laughs) is is it i i kind of think we're in a you're in a connected we're in a connected world why don't we just sort of have access to each other's labs and you know, use technology to be a player with people's labs and, and see what the results are of, you know, if I want to log on, log on to a, a Rookus controller, for example, and and see how you configure that and try to get an, adverti- an SSID advertised and then overnight it's just reset and back to the original config. Is that not is that not better than investing in all this hardware and, you know, all this stuff ourselves
0: and yeah, just putting it together? you've been told off by the police for playing with people's labs before, haven't you?
2: Let's... Let's <laughs> let's uh, let's let's set up a podcast
3: lab It's a good idea, it's a good concept. And, and then there's many there are many tools out there that allow you to kind of, I guess, share and host. I mean, there's a security aspect as well, and it's also an expense. So you know, people a have to let you in, open up their network to allow you into their kit, I, that I, kind of stuff, right?
4: I, I, I'm not I'm not talking about sort of physical access. So I've got an Aruba controller and an Aruba access point running all the time. I haven't touched it in weeks now. So why would I not, you know, if I, if I had the ability to, why not share it with you guys and say, here's in the Ruby lab, log on as you want. And then overnight the config just gets reset via some automated processor. I, I I don't understand why everybody in the wifi community has got their own lab. I, I, I kind of get the physical aspect, but if you can log on and learn how another controller works, surely there's value in that.
0: I think it's pretty good because um, what we just talked about before, where we, where would somebody start off? And I just said, oh, go and buy yourself a server. But realistically, what you, what you could do is, I think for a lot of people, you need, to, you need to see a value in a lab. And if you haven't got a lab, then how, how are you able to, to show value in that? And if you had a remote lab, so I know you can get rack rentals for places. So I know Network Dojo do rack rentals for a full CCI wireless lab, which to be honest is a pretty good value. But if if you know if you said oh, you can uh, you can borrow my lab for two hours a night for a week and I'll charge you a tenner, I'll, I'll, I'll take a punt at a tenner. I'll agree. Even thing. even just you even just
2: credits. Like I, I I quite like the option of saying this is the kit I've got. If anyone wants to use it, they can log in, and I would get so many credits, and then I can use those credits because people have used my kit to go and log into someone else's kit or, and. and I'll trust you know yeah we'll just trust yeah you know, yeah
4: people yeah. people take the piss but if 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 there's a pool of resources available for you to learn other vendors then it doesn't matter if people take the piss you can log on you can use it and stuff like that if it's turned on all the time it's just yeah. it's probably better use uh, I,
0: I anyway that's a good
4: idea dan have we have, i noticed nigel was singing along in the introduction so surely he's left <laughs> <laughs>
2: we've got yeah we've got a few messages from from nigel um Yeah, uh, actually, let's play
1: this one. Hello, wireless podcasters. I hope you're all having a very pleasant evening, uh, drinking your favourite alcoholic beverages. It's Wi-Fi Nigel here, just calling in uh, with a question, a a topic for possible discussion. And uh, just wondering if you thought there was any possibility that old air magnet could catch up again there's uh, quite a bit of focus by the sounds of it in terms of uh, uh, development of the software trying to reinvigorate it and get it back on the map uh, in terms of survey software options um, just wonder what your thoughts on it were, uh, or you know, has Echo How got such a strong uh, stranglehold on the market now with uh, with the advancements they've made and the sidekick, etc. Uh, whether maybe it's a bit too late now for them to catch up again. So interested to hear what you say, and uh, hope you're all having fun. Stay safe. I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye.
4: I recognise that voice. Where do I recognise that voice from? Is uh, the number one artist in the UK at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it was a beast of Birmingham.
2: Beast of Birmingham. Is that what it is?
4: Yeah. I've heard yeah. I've heard him playing on the radio before, clearly, some sort of rap artist. Mm. Yeah, that's when he
2: yeah. Sort of drops his beatbox in. That's when you know that's when you know shit's getting so serious. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, but he makes it makes for an interesting conversation this one yeah. because I've been an air magnet user for a good number of years and I recently switched to Echo How about three years ago. And the problem I had with AirMagnet was that it was just, I guess, it was good at the time in 2010 and, and before that when I was using it, um, but it had reliability issues for me in terms of it would fail and it would blue screen, um, you know, you would lose uh, survey data. And for me, as an enterprise tool, I got fed up with logging tickets all the time with support. and repeating myself because that's what it felt like and then that aside when you see another survey tool competitor on the market and you look at them and you see how engaged they are with the community how they were listening they were attending you know conferences they were wanting to better themselves and improve themselves and they were listening to the the actual users of the product and then they were fast acting to you know, put out these revisions and implement these features and requests that everyone asked for, you look at them and you think, wow, they've actually made a lot more strides in the development of their product because they got active with the community of the individuals who actually used it. And that's what set them apart from, you know, someone like, you know, Air Magnet because they they got stagnant. They kind of relied on the fact that they they felt that they were the biggest and best and that their, their users will always be loyal to them. So their innovation was just not really as good as it should be. And I think that's what they what they floundered with and it just and I think you know to be fair to the Air Magnet product it didn't help that they got bought out and bought out and bought out and bought out and, bought out and sold and, and all that so there was never really any you know continuity with the product with the development and maybe you know team members change constantly all the time <laughs> struggling yeah. on that he's struggling yeah. on that
2: bottle of beer yeah, right right. with your dog yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it was, it was sorry. For ages there. that, that bottle that's not a bottle of <laughs> i tried my best
3: to keep a straight face there while I was talking but um but but that's been the problem i think with with air magnet it's it's not a bad tool i think it's it shows a lot of promise and it has a lot of best really good features that even echo have don't even compete with such as you know reporting on air magnet is so much easier so much more streamlined um, and also um, what was the other thing I was gonna say oh this thing that is really my my bugbear with this the fact that you can actually run in air magnet a uh, predictive model and also a, mm.
1: uh,
3: a, a a real survey for example and you can have them both within the same project and actually compare the two and overlay them and, and have them visually on two different screens whereas with echo how you can't really do that because you have a predictive model and a, a, a i guess a data set unfortunately you know they're they're just seen as the same thing so if you add any predictive modeling on on the actual data set then it interferes with that coverage um and so forth so you they they're not separated out and that's been something i've asked for and i don't know why it's not available but that's by the by but there, there's several things within the air magnet product itself which is which is far far superior and, and and great but i think air magnet they'll have their loyal customers but i think they have missed the boat and i think they're going to struggle to demonstrate what improvements they've actually made to their product to entice people to come back to them. And the, I think the only way they're going to do that isn't by the product itself being you know, innovative and fancy new features and using this, this air mapper crap with their <laughs> G2 effectively, because that's you know, another conversation which we'll probably progress into. But I think the only reason why a magnet might win or show promise it's because of the mess how are making currently with their licenses and their costs and the fact that they've completely changed their team. And it's, you know, there's a lot of noise coming from I guess everyone regarding the way how do business. And it's not I mean, great right now. Is, so who knows where that's it's gonna
2: go. Much go. Just us, but
3: yeah, who, who knows where that's gonna go. But it's still <laughs> the best product all in one. So we're gonna have to wait and see. So perfect timing for their potentially with the noise that's going on with house So it's interesting to see where it goes. But for me, um, it's great to see them back. Don't get me wrong, but I won't put any money towards Air Magnet for the foreseeable because I've made an investment into Ekahau until I know for a fact that Air Magnet can compete and deliver. And for me, once I see that, then maybe then.
2: Yeah. Um, And right. Okay. So, um, I mean, that's, that's coming from you as someone who has used Air Magnet and has been burnt by Air Magnet. Right. But, But me as someone who, you know, coming in new, I haven't used their magnet, but it wasn't even on, it wasn't even on my radar. Um, For me, the the two that I was looking at were IB Wave and and Ekahau. And for me, you know, the biggest thing straight away was Ekahau worked on a Mac. Um, And now with Echow having all their iPad stuff and the Sidekick, like it's, that much easier and you know better to use than than even ib wave the only thing that that you know the main thing for me that ib wave has that echo is missing is um the 3d stuff and reflections if they could if they could add those things in to echo then again they're that much further ahead than than anyone else and i think that's that's going to be anyone else's problem is that the sidekick is such a game changer that you know air magnet have come in and they've said hey if you if you bought um you know if you've had air magnet previously then you know you just you just need to give us a three-year commitment (laughs) and 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 we'll update
4: it dan this is a thing about competition isn't it so uh you you follow apple You obviously know android is doing all that kind of stuff quite well yeah someone always leads and then there's a gap and the catch up and then the opposite yeah. position leads and i think yeah. i'll be honest with you i don't agree with how Eckhauer conducting in business and i don't think it's the the fault of Eckhauer. i think it's the direction that being given by ziff davis but yeah the product is superior the the yeah. the way it you know it, it's it's I won't say it's flawless, it works, it works pretty well. Uh, they've got a good offering on the iPad, as you said. They, they've got the sidekick. And what that's done is gain them some ground. But I think they've, caught, they've created some animosity recently with the industry. And uh, some yeah. people are upset with how they've been conducting themselves. And that's really stalled them for a bit. And I think that Air Magnet, Ivy Wave, whoever is, you know, Tamagraph, whoever is lagging behind, I've, I, if they seize that opportunity and drop on that bit of market that has been, uh, I guess, ostracised by what Eckhauer are doing, then th- there's some real gain to be made. And, uh, but
2: this is this is my point. Like, with, 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 Air, with Air Magnet, I don't, I don't understand why they've come in with this. You know, if you had Air Magnet previously, just sign up for a three-year commitment and were like, what? Like if you want to take advantage of the 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 gap, whatever that Ecow are leaving, you don't try and tie people in for a three year commitment. Say to people, uh, "Hey, yeah. you know, come and try our stuff. If you like it, great. If you don't, okay, you know, we'll have to prove ourselves." It's, it seems I, like a I haven't seen thing. that.
4: To be honest with you, I, I didn't. I didn't know that had happened. So, so from what I've seen, they've got uh, they've got some announcements coming up. Is it on the twenty fourth next week at some point? Um. Mm. And to be honest with you, they've been doing the right things by creating the noise around them. It's, not, it, it, it's changed hands a few times, and I think that's probably what stalled Air Magnet before is the fact that it changed hands to a, a company that didn't invest in the right places, but now it's with NetAlly. I think, I think they've got the, the heart in the right place. I think they, they know wireless quite well. I think they can build a product that really works. And they've been creating quite a lot of noise around it. Um, so I noticed Peter McKenzie, um, just up the road from me, Ryan, uh, in Yorkshire and Humber, you know the best place in the country. <laughs> uh, he he was posting some tweets earlier with some pictures of uh, you know vague bags. It's either a nice bag or a nice product inside, and that's probably where Eka have been lacking recently is in the marketing side of things. That marketing guys of marketing guys like Jesse and you know Jerry have, have left, and that's that's hurt him. But I'm I'm really excited to see what comes out next week. I know I know there's some other alternatives like Tamograph and IB Wave, but Air Magnet was the place to be a few years ago. It's moved to Egg How, and it's going to swap. It'll carry on swapping. You know, Egg, Air, Air Magnet will obviously release some products which are really good, and people are going to move over. EK How are going to release some products which are really good, and people will move over. But it's it's you know it's we're quite an emotional. Loyal group of people, and if we find a product we like, and they treat us well, we will stick with them. And I think that's that's really the key bit. If you get treated well,
2: the treat us well bit, I yeah, think that's the air that's magnet. The,
4: the, the yeah. air magnet guys, I'm, I've never upset anybody. the The product fell behind, so people who do it they haven't said right. Buy some more licenses, otherwise, we'll end your contract.
0: Didn't they? Didn't they just say recently? Um, I don't know if it's true or not that you can so if you had air magnet previously you had a license, but you didn't keep up the support yeah and if you and it's all completely run out, you can basically take advantage of their new upgrade to their latest version of the yeah, software. But you have
2: to be this is what I was saying you have to buy a three-year license
4: three-year commitment.
0: three years is too long but the thing is well, what's the price of that? Two grand It's probably cheaper than Ecker help. Steven, that can help for a year. It probably is, but it's still I think it's poor to, to tie
2: to, people in for three years.
3: To tie people into three years to make that investment, because then that yeah. means they can't go anywhere else and make the same investment, can they? That's the problem with that. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's a problem. I think I think Eka um, sorry, I think Air Magnet, I think it's arrogance to assume that yeah. their product is up to that level without actually allowing people to utilize it, demonstrate that it's its capabilities and that it has improved. Because right now, you know. No one is going to, I don't know. I think what, what's happened here is that those that have left Air Magnet to just die and wither because that's what they that's what they thought it was going to happen, they've made the investment in other tools. So mm. for Air Magnet to turn on and say, you know, for three three years type of support, it's not going to be cheap. It's still going to be a few th- a few thousand pounds or dollars mm. or whatever it is.
4: It's not Air Magnet, is it? It's Net and Net have only existed now for, is it, one year, 18 months? And... The, the, the offer's on the table now. You can take it now or you could wait a week to see what they're offering and then take it up.
2: Sure, but, but yeah. my, my point is like, if you're, if you're trying to make up ground on the, the top dog, why not say to people, buy one year's worth, we'll pay for one year's but we'll give you three years. Because straight away, people then feel like, hey, I'm getting, I'm getting three years worth of support to try out this, this competitor. That gives Air Magnet a three-year like, point in time where they can, they can saying, say, look, we're not as good as Ekow right now, but give us three years. This is our roadmap. This is where we're going. So give us one year commitment. We will show you where we're going to be
4: in three years. What's the cost difference?
0: Uh, to be fair though, it, I think Alan's right that it's going to cost quite a bit of money for three-year license and it's not something i mean let's say it's three grand for three years thousand pound a year whatever right but 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 right but,
4: we're talking about it we don't know how much it is
0: i, I i'm just i'm just saying <laughs> let's see say if it was three grand right for three years um, i don't know how much it is what
2: if it's 300 quid
0: it's three well this is the thing <laughs> right but it's going to be a couple of thousand pounds because I know how I'm, I know how much the air magnet license is used it's to be. Four pound, right? I just checked. Four pound. Four
2: pound. It's just that you, all you have to do is give him a Mars bar and a packet of crisps, and then they're... and a, a, a Greg
4: sausage roll, and it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> my,
0: my point a local is Reddit that house three thousand pound is three thousand pound or X amount of thousands of pounds is a lot of money to take a punt on. I can tell are you, you thinking...
3: now. I can tell you now what the prices are. Gone on. go on. so for, for one year support and then just times up by three, it's it's just under 600 pounds a year. So, times that by three, 1800 quid. And it'd probably be cheaper, maybe the longer you have it for, right? So, if we just go with that ballpark figure now, 1800 quid for three years support, that's what Air Magnet are asking you to invest in their product.
4: What's Echo? Eka- what's Echo? plus Echo Eka- um, Connect? What the cost of Echo Connects now on
0: two grand a year?
4: Well, there, there you it. are. Yeah,
3: it, it's well, it's twelve hundred. So it's a roughly twelve hundred, isn't it? It's roughly. Yeah. It's a lot of
0: money. It's a lot of money yeah. for
3: shade. Well, <laughs> that's an opinion. That's a personal opinion because yeah, you yeah. know, and yeah. everyone's entitled to them. I mean, let's you know, that's what we're here to do. We talk talk uh, honestly, uh, etc. But I think the problem I have with their magnet and, and that ally approach here is that. You know, as cheap as it is, it's a, it's still a tie-in that people will yeah. feel obliged to say, "Well, I've got three years; I'm just going to stick with it." And what happens then? Who suffers? We suffer because if exactly. you're the guy that works for someone who's just made that investment, you're going to get stuck with a product that now are saying, "Yeah, we've we've you know we we've made improvements and we're going to give it to you." A business then buys into that bullshit, and then if someone's stuck with that three-year investment because. It has to make that person look good to their bosses. And if you're an engineer working for a company who's just made that investment yeah. and it's not as good, then yeah. unfortunately you're the person who's going to no. have to grin and bear it,
4: right? So, because no, you only have to use it for a year.
2: No, because no, because the people that are signing the checks go, that's that for three years. That's yeah, the exactly. They don't, you know, you they, don't, don't, you they don't go back to that. the boss they and say, I
3: want to get yeah. rid of this. It's rubbish. It's, it's failing on me, but we've signed up for three years. They'll look yeah. at that because they budgeted for that. that. You know, if you're a businessman and you're just dealing in, you know, you know, number numbers, at the end of the day, you'll yeah. say, "Well, I've just made a three, I've just made a three year investment." You know, at but, the end of the no. day, until we make that return, screw
2: you. You know, you go on with a job. They, and whereas shut up. if they said, whereas if they said, only pay for one year, but we give you three years, that's a different thing because you could you can then go to the person who signed them checks and you can say you know it's only one year's thing but effectively we get two years for free, where we can see how see where they go
4: I'm, I'm i'm not being funny though dan it's that is the message you give to the person writing the check so you could say for three years i can buy this, for the same price as one year with echo i can buy three years of air magnet let's try it if it don't work we'll have to go back to echo how that, no, that's the message dead. isn't it that's you know you, you can try something for a year. It might not work. It might be crap. You might hate it, and that's that's a gamble. Uh, obviously, nobody's forcing you to sign up now. You can sign up next week when you find out what they're going to release and what they're going to announce. But you've got a year where you can you can still do wireless designs. You can still do wi- good wireless designs. It just might not be as good and as efficient as they are with Echow. And if worst comes to worst, you've lost one year of revenue.
2: Mm-hmm. I, compared to three I, I, I still just i still just wonder if people would bother taking that hit when it means they can't use a psychic anymore they can't use their ipads to go out and do their surveys anything all that kind of stuff yeah,
4: but, we, do, but uh, we don't know what is going to be announced away and no. it could be an alternative to a psychic it could be as good it could be worse and that's Shoot. this is this is the thing i think i think there's a, the original question that Nigel asked is, is there a gap right now developing? And I think there is. And I think we can yeah. we can all agree there is a gap developing and there could be a product out there that could take st- one step ahead of Eka Howe. and people yeah. sign up to it. Yeah. I
3: don't know. I don't think I don't think so. I I, I generally don't think so. I think I think that Air Magnet have a, a great product in their Air Magnet Enterprise solution for their sensors and everything else, which I don't know if it's with NetAlly actually, but that was awesome. <clears throat> also, what they do have good is their analyzer suite is is phenomenal. It really is. I, I've enjoyed using that. Um, but their, their, their Spectrum XT product as well is pretty decent. It's it's not that bad. I mean, at the end of the day, the resolution and whatnot isn't as great as what it is with the Sidekick. But does it matter? You know, that, that greater detail probably not. Yeah. Um, so th- there are products within. Air Magnet that are available to anybody that wants to make that investment. But for the actual survey, the Survey Pro, I think it's a personal preference or what you're used to. For me, I wouldn't go I wouldn't go back to Air Magnet personally from, from Eka How right now. Um, it would have to be a financial decision, in all honesty, based upon the way Eka How are doing business, pure and simple, it would never be a product decision because I know full well that even though the likes of Jerry and Joel and Nick and you know, UC and everyone else have moved on, there's still Miko there. And Miko as their product manager. is phenomenal. He's, you know, and there's still other guys there as well who developed that product. Now, you know, it's not them that's doing all this crap with Ekohau right now. So for me, you know, if you go to Miko and say, I want this feature or this would be a really good idea to help me, that's still going to happen and that's going to get released as it always is. So they're still going to have that. Community engagement all the time. It's just the way they do business and the way they try and sell their product. is just what we don't like as engineers because it's kind of Again. becoming too in your face and the licensing mechanisms are changing the way we operate. Now Air Magnet, they have a lot to prove. They're un- they're unproven. We know they're good. They've got credibility, but this is Net Ally now taken on this product and they're new. As far as I'm concerned, they're new players. They're like Ivy Wave, you know. They're improving because they have yeah. to come in and show that they can compete and be as good as what Ekohal were. And if they can fix the stability issues, great. But one thing I will say is that they've missed the trick. And I don't know if this is going to be an announcement, but I, I could be wrong. But they've been, they're really good with their um, handheld tools, right? Mm-hmm. So the G2 is a great product. I don't personally use them, but I do think they're very good. I just didn't see the point in investing in one really when I had, I guess, so many other tools at my disposal, right, that were for free or nice. I just didn't need an extra G2. Um, to make that investment, but that's beside the point. What I'm getting at is that they've brought out this new Air Mapper um, feature within their Ethoscope. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that. So yeah, this yeah. is basically their portable survey within a G2, I guess. Um, one thing I'm kind of asking the question of here is: is is this going to be an announcement? Why would they not use that to interconnect with the Air Magnet Survey Pro and have that almost mimic a psychic? Sure. I don't know if that's... they sure.
4: will. It's, a, it's, a, it's an Android device, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a computer. But it's a survey. It's, it's still a survey device. You
3: can manually do a survey on a kind of mini LC, you know, LCD screen, so to speak. Yeah. Why could you not connect that via USB into your, I guess,
2: yeah, tablet look, of look, sorts like, and be able not, to, you know? But, look, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that the reason why they've gone and got Air Magnet is so they can sell more of their handheld devices Surely.
4: <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the, the the whole reason the whole reason that the iPad and iPhone solution exists with the Sidekick is because the Sidekick doesn't have a screen. If it had a screen yeah. strapped in front of it, you wouldn't need one. So if you've got <laughs> yeah. a device which has a spectrum analyzer, all the stuff built into it, as well as a screen, you're not going to go anywhere else. Either.
3: I wouldn't use a Sidekick with a screen. I think it would be a good addition, and I've mentioned that a few times, but I don't think I'd use a Sidekick just because it's got a screen. I think... I would still want to have everything available to me on a on a monitor, on a laptop, and have that features, because I don't think you're going to get a full but availability of the feature set in a, in a, in a kind of you know, LED no, screen not, yeah, on yeah. a sidekick. I think it are still going to be
4: limited. I, I don't no, know that's what yeah. you meant, right? I'm, no, no, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just, I'm, all, all I'm saying is, you know, the only reason you plug a sidekick into an iPad to send that data to a laptop is because yeah. the sidekick doesn't have a screen. If the psychic has a screen, you could send it to a, a laptop you with your mother iPad. with an iPad. Yeah. 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 That's, That's what, you what you're saying. To track, mate. Yeah. Anyway, have we got any more? Voice yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we've got another one from <laughs> Nigel, actually. <laughs> they can piss off guy. Nigel? fed up. Yeah.
1: We get another question. No I, I will be expecting an, uh, an appearance fee, uh, given the number of questions I've submitted, uh, to, to bolster your uh, your listening figures. Um, just wondered how Christian was getting on with his uh, Python book. I believe he's uh, reading uh, a book about programming Python, and I know normally he prefers. Uh, books with plenty of pictures I think might be a bit thin on the ground I just wonder how he was uh, how he how he was getting on and uh, how his programming efforts were uh, were were progressing uh, or not so uh, yeah I'll um, uh, I'll be uh, invoicing you imminently and uh, take care and uh, uh, enjoy your beers bye for now Uh,
0: can I just
3: can I just make a point before we talk to you Christian that he's, he's calling us and
2: leaving messages why have we got to pay him exactly I mean, how does that
0: You're work,
3: you welcome, yeah. welcome nice. We're, we're giving you exposure to our podcast. You're riding on our coattails, dude. He's not getting a penny out of me. He's not getting a penny. I no. I'll, 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 I, might give him, I might give him some Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> a dog coin. A doggy. What is it? Is it doggy or dog? Doge. 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 Yeah, maybe, maybe we yeah. should give him some Python coin. Create Python one. Python coin.
4: Uh, um well. So get <laughs> <laughs> Kevin,
0: come
4: on. Well, they say a picture paints a thousand words and I've got a book with three hundred pictures in it, so how many more? words is that? Three. <laughs> 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 Do, you know what know.
2: Do
3: you know there's another saying to that? You know, they say a pitch a picture paints a thousand words. Do you know there's another one? That cool. a feeling paints a thousand pictures.
2: Oh,
4: yes, yeah. I'll just there let is, you guys is that, take that in right now. Is that why you're a CW and Because you keep feeling yourself,
2: <laughs>
3: you <got> the feeling. <laughs> yeah. no? But it's like, it's do you not think that's true, though? A feeling pizza pan.
4: Well, speaking no, no, of no, no, feeling, no, no. pythons no, the way no. they kill their prey is they, they constrict. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you're gonna be constricted by a Python, there's a lot of feeling there, isn't there? So it's
0: getting very hippie, this isn't a tournament feelings and shit.
2: So,
4: well, Nigel asked me to give some Python facts. Well, don't aren't they great swimmers? They are, yeah. You won't believe it, but they are. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the the colours blend in with the background quite well. <laughs> It's called, it's called camouflage, I don't you've heard that. Uh, and there's no venomous species of python. So if you get bit by a python, it might hurt, you won't die. Don't worry about it. It's good
2: to know. Uh,
4: yeah.
0: It's a shame i don't know the difference between a python and a fucking cobra.
4: Uh, you do, because the cobras have got hoods uh, behind them, so they'll, they'll stand <laughs> up. They'll, I don't think, if it.
0: one's got these fucking gnashes around my leg, I don't think that's one thing I'm going to be looking at, really, is it? Honestly, if they're made...
4: If a python bit your leg, you'd go, "Oh fuck, it's a python." If a cobra you... bit your leg, you go, "Oh shit, in hell no way!" Right,
0: so it's hold the on. The you. you, you <laughs> <laughs> a snake bites and you go, "Oh, it's a python. That's alright. There you are, Yeah, I haven't got a fucking clue what type of snake it is. Kick your like, like, like there's, off. there's there's snakes
4: and they look similar but they're different. So, for example, there's uh, the Californian king snake and the milk snake. All of them will kill okay, you. Can, I, you just, you can you. I just
2: stop the snake talk? <laughs> no, no,
3: that was the question. That's nice, the, this the question.
2: Is what, this was what Nigel
3: wanted to understand, how he's getting on with his
2: Python uh, education.
3: So we're answering the question. I mean, yeah. Nigel wants to for this, don't forget. So this is the best he's going to get. This is... <laughs> <laughs> this is it. What, what does he? What else does he expect from us? You know, what I mean? you know yeah. we're an hour, just over an hour in, and we've been drinking, Nigel. This is what you're going to get, me. Okay, so <laughs> send, us, send us another voicemail, buddy. Okay, about any other animal, we're really good at.
4: So, you So know my favourite animal is a tapir. A what? <laughs> a tapir. <laughs> What's a tapir? Um, well, it looks not look like, like, like an like anteater type thing. It looks like one, well, yeah, that's what we're going to say, but it's more closely related to a horse.
2: <laughs>
4: how do you get from an anteater
0: to a fucking horse? That's, fucking that's
2: how happened. you get from an eater to a horse. Yeah, how it. how did that become your favourite animal?
4: Well, so, so when we were at school, we did. Um, I used to have a lot of reptiles. Um, I didn't have many <laughs> pythons, I had a, had a corn snake. But I had like geckos and toads and all sorts of shit. And uh, I-, I did work experience at a small zoo near me called Ponderosa. Um, and I worked in the reptile house. And one day they said, Oh, by the way, the tapir needs cleaning. Uh, the pond's a bit dirty. Can you go in and clean it? So I went in the pond, you know, rolled my jeans up and stuff, sweeping the pond out. And went, Oh, by the way, do you know it shits in the pond? But the the, pe- the tapir in there, were really friendly. It came up to you, scratching under its chin and stuff. Absolutely brilliant. Good story. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> and that was
3: it. You fell in love and, you know, they, they were your favourite one. So when, when you had the games as a kid, you know, what are you going to be? An animal? Tiger? Lion? Elephant? Tapia. 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 Mm. And just people went, huh? OK, yeah. you, you know, we'll just put you in the
4: goal. <laughs> in fact, right, I'll, I'll, put, I'll send these to your dad to put in the show notes. But last time I went to Cisco Live last year in Barcelona, I took a toy tapia that my daughter bought me. And there's pictures of uh, Tommy the Tapia all around Barcelona.
2: <laughs> That's a belter. Huh?
4: Yeah. So what? What was the question again? <laughs> that
2: looks <laughs> <fuck all laughs> like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's just
0: found it. Ryan,
4: tapier. Ryan. <laughs> you awesome. Facebook
0: page. <laughs> 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 I hope the god she doesn't listen up, because she will fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, seen, to be fair, I've
4: never seen your wife. She might be the most beautiful woman in the world. She but no, she ain't. I'm married to mine. Right, Python. His... Yeah, I'm on page 48 of. Uh... Sorry, you can hear the pages. About 300. Did Hello you bring the world you bring a book with world. you to the pub? I always
0: thought it was a bit weird. No. What'd you bring? What'd you bring? Why'd
2: you, wait, whoa, whoa. whoa. Did that book just say, Kieran's Python, the hard
4: way? <laughs> <laughs> the word you're looking at there is tapia. Tapia Python, <laughs> the hard way. <laughs> uh, oh, God. We've, we've reached an all-time low.
0: We're <laughs> shit to talk about.
4: I'm learning Python, right? I'm on page 48. I was on page 48 a week ago. And I <laughs> progressed. I can import things. I can, you know, uh, I, I can do variables and I can add input. And proud of you, mate. I'm Proud of you. <laughs> hello, I world. Hello, world. Up.
2: What are you learning world. it for, mate?
4: What we're we learning it for. Look at that. It's all good.
0: doing. I'm trying to online,
4: cool I said, How to be cool. How to be cool. How to be cool. I went Python. <laughs> I a big Python, so I thought, "Okay, I'll buy it. I'll learn it." But no, um, I've, I've seen recently uh, <laughs> one of the guys in the UK um, has released a Python library for Mist, and I think at the same time somebody else did. Uh, I can't remember it one now. Um,
2: Didn't um, the du- guy at Dartmouth College do it?
4: Yes, Brian Ward. He did it is so there's a couple of uh missed libraries and uh as uh, b- before we start recording to be honest with you one of, one of my uh, roles at work now is to look at automation so i thought i might as well take the opportunity to learn how to actually do some automation sounds um, dull fuck
2: off. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's only because you can't do it with cisco is that why
4: no no you can cisco is is all about python cisco love python it- You've got to buy ten cool licenses and you can write a Python script. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you wrote
3: if you wrote your own programming code, Kieran, what would you call it?
0: Christian. What would, would you, call you call it? it? Christian. would <laughs> call it Christian. Would you not call it tapia?
4: No. <laughs> I, would, I would I would call it uh, I can't think of anything clever enough. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can, we can, we can edit this bit you, in. Don't worry about how, it. How
2: far through your jug are you? <laughs> god! through you, jug. Oh my god!
4: Amazing. Oh god!
2: That was like a magic trick.
4: Right, next voicemail.
3: Have we got another voicemail? Please. Last
2: one. We've got one more.
3: Oh, let me let me guess.
1: Hello, Nigel. pubcasters. It's oh, Nigel oh, here again okay. Just thought sort of drop you another question. No, I know you you're generally pretty short material. Uh, <laughs> How do you know? And Ryan was begging me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been looking at um, remote support run. options for my business and uh, you know with the, the lockdown and everything that's been going on uh, there's quite a number of options available and with Zoom and um, and Webex and all the rest of it. Just wondering if any of you guys have actually um, used any and they've been of real help uh, from a remote support perspective and I, and I know it's pretty tricky with wireless, there's only so much you can do remotely but uh, just wondering what your experiences were really because um, uh, it'd be nice to, uh, to know what might be useful to use for my own business. Anyway, hope you're all enjoying your beers. I'll speak to you again soon.
4: Bye. I have no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get, guys, guys, let's get serious, right? Last week I had to uh, go into the office to support a customer and I got in the back of my tapio, rode in, (laughs) face mask on. Looking brilliant. Got my Python out. (laughs) I got sent home. They sent me home and said, "No, you're not allowed here. We told you you don't work for us anymore." <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Nigel, in case you were actually wondering, I use something called Connectwise. <laughs> that works pretty well for me. So there you go. That's my remote remote software. I use Snapchat. <laughs> I use TikTok.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, love it, love it, love it. Right, I'm tired. I wanna go to bed.
4: I claim overtime for this.